Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nation's Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, Editor-in-Chief of NRN, and this is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision makers. This is a special bonus episode of Takeaway, and I'm sharing a conversation with Lance London, the founder and CEO of the Carolina Kitchen Bar and Grill, a regional chain serving a taste of Southern cuisine in the Washington, D.C. area. I sat down with Lance at the recent Prosper Forum in Amelia Island, Florida, to learn more about the Carolina Kitchen story, which, as you will hear, is a wild, nearly 30-year ride that's now culminating with Carolina Kitchen, uh, as you will hear, growing from four locations to nine locations in the next couple of years. Lance is a fantastic storyteller and has an incredible passion for his brand, which you will clearly hear in this interview. Jumping now into my interview with Lance London, the founder and CEO of the Carolina Kitchen Bar and Grill. Enjoy the conversation and stay tuned for our regular episode of Takeaway this Thursday. I'm here with Lance London, the founder, owner, and CEO of the Carolina Kitchen out of Washington, D.C. Lance, yes, thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Oh, of course. It's great to have you. So tell me about your story. How did you get into the restaurant industry? Well, you know, years ago when I was a kid, my dad at the dinner table, all he talked about was this, at the time it was known, but a major, major, major corporation called McDonald's. His friend he grew up with. Worked at McDonald's making French fries. He worked his way up to system manager. Worked his way up to manager. Became a regional director. It was one of the first individuals to get in McDonald's what we call minority program. Father was totally intrigued. He was an entrepreneur. So he learned everything possible to know about Ray Kroc. So by the time I was like nine years old, I knew everything. I even knew his blood type. I knew so much. <laughs> My father talked about McDonald's so much. So when I went to school, I went to school to be a dentist. But... The restaurant, it just stuck in my head because my dad ended up passing away before he, he opened his McDonald's because he did get in the program mm-hmm. with the McDonald's University, Hamburger University in Chicago. But he passed away before he could ever live his dreams. Wow. So going to school to be a dentist, of course, the restaurant thing was in my mind. My very first job was working with Pizza Hut. So that was my first experience. Only had four jobs my entire adult life before I came up with the idea to take money that I made in direct sales. I was like a sales genius. I made, I made a lot of money in sales. And I took the money from that sales experience, went to the owners of the building where my office was, and told them I got to have this concept where I want to make the best Southern cuisine in the entire planet. I kind of wanted to be kind of like Boston. It was called Boston Chicken at the time. Mm-hmm. and um, But I think that I have something I think is better. <laughs> so I drew it, gave him pictures of it, and he said, you know, I believe in this. I think you could do this. I said, I sure can. I said, well, I need some money from you to, if I'm going to do this. He said, well, what I can do, I can't give you money, but I give you one year of free rent. And I'm here to tell you he did that, and I went to work. Knew nothing about the restaurant business at all, but in that year I read every book I could get my hand on, utilized my sales and motivation ability to teach and train the individuals to work for my direct sales company. I kept the dream alive through them. If that makes sense, if you will. Yeah. And I never forget, I went to the Olympics to make extra money. I got a license to sell Olympic hats in 1996, and that bomb went off. Yeah. You remember that? When the bomb went off, it redirected what we had to do. We ended up selling all over North Carolina, all over the country. We went all the way down here to Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time we came back, I was a little short. And you can't believe this. 
the week I was supposed to open, the day before I was opening, a young lady, well, older lady, old, she was older than me. Mm. She said, hey, young man, remember me? I had given her a tour when I was building a restaurant out. And I went in and built it out, me and two other guys. And um, she saw me come out on the sidewalk, and she saw I didn't look happy like I normally am. She said, you ready for your tomorrow opening? Now, the reason why she knew I was opening tomorrow or the next day is I took my sales reps every morning out into the field in downtown Silver Springs, Maryland. Mm. And we made this questionnaire. If a restaurant was to open, what would you like it to be? Would you like for it to be a fast casual, diet, uh, uh, upscale restaurant, et cetera, Asian, Mexican? And they picked fast casual and they picked Southern cuisine because I had that as, on the questionnaire. How much money do you spend for lunch each day? I think 6 or $7 went up. What restaurant do you frequent right now for lunch? I think McDonald's went up. Uh, do you like your food fried, grilled, this uh, grill went up? So after I got the questionnaire, at the bottom of the questionnaire, it had name, something called their phone number, their cell number, and a new thing called, e- I'm sorry, is uh, email. No, yeah, email. Mm-hmm. It was a very new thing. Nobody, mm-hmm. So only one-third of everybody had an email on it. Two weeks before I opened, I had my secretary call these people. She took a survey in downtown Silver Springs. And we want to congratulate you and say that you won 10% off your first meal. The grand opening day is X day, this, that. And the people came. When that grand opening day, i never forget that. But when they came, they couldn't have come if it weren't for that lady. I was $30,000 short from opening. Yes. Mm. 30000 Because I, the food came. And I was COD because the company, my food provider, they wouldn't give me credit because I was brand new. Mm-hmm. So I bought all the perishables. I mean, the non-perishable. But the perishables and some other stuff I needed came up to like $29,000. And I didn't have it. I ran out of money. That's when I ran out of money. you know. <laughs> and so that's why I was looking sad when she saw me the day before. And um, she, she told me. I told her what I just told you. And about an hour later, she came to my office. And i never forget my secretary, who still work with me to this day. I was 31 years ago. said, it's a lady out here in the lobby. She wants to talk to you. I said, ooh. And she, she bring her back and brought her back. It was the same lady I met months before giving her a tour and who I met the day before. She came upstairs and had a bag. I opened the bag, and the $30,000 was in it. Wow. Now, actually, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I could not believe it. And I was like, I can't take this. She's like, no, you got to take it. I said, I can't take this. No, you got to take it. No, I can't take No, you got to take this. I went, okay, I'll take it. You know? I went on and took the money, right? And I said, I'm going to pay you back. I promise I'm going to pay you back. And I was able to get it started. When the truck came back later in that evening, I was able to give the money, and they unloaded all this food in it. I was excited again. And I opened up the very first day. It was because of the pre-marketing I did. at a line going down the sidewalk and around the building. Never forget this. And the first person that came in the door he said, you know, you're five minutes late opening up. I said, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, and I went, and the first thing I think of was, welcome, 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 <laughs> like that. And I said that to everybody all that day, and we still say it to this day, welcome, 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 and we ring bells, right? Oh, wow. We ring bells. At the opening. And, and, no, every day, period, all day long. We go, oh, wow. everybody come in, we go, welcome, welcome, welcome. We go, is this your first time here? And the person says, yes. And he goes, hey, you guys. We have a first timer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We do this. I started that first day. Yeah. And now I continue on to this day. So after having that restaurant for, I think it was four years, one day I get a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning. 
saying, I can't believe your restaurant is on fire. I'm like, what? Whoa. And it's probably 3 in the morning. I jump up as I'm slipping my clothes on. I'm looking at the news. I sleep with the television on. And the newscasters, we're out here in front of the Carolina kitchen. It's burning down. So I rush and I come down. It was cold. December the 7th. I rushed down there and it was gone. Mm. Called the insurance company. They didn't want it back. They said, that, you know, you get insurance. I had a small insurance company. They didn't want to pay me. So I was short. Wow. I was back to scratch again. Uh-huh. And that was my first restaurant. So little did I know, I went and filed for <clears throat> four loans for four different banks. And all four banks approved me within 48 hours. They gave me a letter of intent, at least. Mm. And <clears throat> what it seemed, what they told me over and over again was, we love your restaurant. So it made me proud. They knew my brand, even though it was my first restaurant. Oh, my second restaurant, which replacing the first one in Maryland, in another part of Maryland. And when I opened, I just duplicated the same thing I did on the first one. And I had a line down the street. And from that point on, the legend of the Carolina kitchen, where you get your chicken and much, much more was created. <laughs> and you know what? I started opening a restaurant every two years after that. And then I kept opening another one, another one. And now I'm to the point where I have five locations, but I'm opening seven new locations right now. Wow. Get excited. Even during Corona, which is a rough time for a lot of restaurants, somewhere around the neighborhood, about 130,000 restaurants went out of business nationwide because of Corona. But because my restaurant, it has the capabilities of doing what we call carry out express, but it also has dining at the same time. So I was, it enabled us during Corona, of course, social distancing and all to still get the customer, but we even got more. I mean, it was like, we already have lines to Mexico every day, but when Corona it exposed us to people that couldn't get in restaurants that they usually would go to. And they knew we do, we did dining, but we, we were able to get a provide dining type experience through a carryout, yeah. right? And so now today, what we've done is I've created Carolina Kitchen's brand is tremendous. Everybody understands it, knows it, but I created Carolina Kitchen with plant-based options. Why? You know what? Hairstyles change. Mm-hmm. Clothing style change. The way we watch movies change. You with me? Americans in society is constantly changing. If you're not able to change or put yourself in a position to understand these changes, you'll be left behind. So because I knew that, I knew right now one of the key things is people living longer, staying young, being healthy. So every Monday at all my restaurants, I started doing something called plant-based night. And we continue to share that with our customers, and it took off. So I was saying to myself, why not open a restaurant? Because I think, you know, this plant-based thing is stronger than anybody even realizes. I know plant-based people love us for it. They treat us like, oh, my God, somebody's thinking about us, you know? (laughs) And so what we did was when we built, when I saw that, I went and developed a whole concept, and I made it, even though it's some vegan restaurants and some plant-based restaurants, I built a beautiful $4 million restaurant, right? But I'm going to be honest with you, just to be safe, I still put the regular food in there too. <laughs> so it's like, it's like about 60-40. 60% regular Carolina, I call it home base, and then you come to the restaurant a little bit, and then it's a side that says plant base. Mm. So your home base is stuff you're used to coming to, and the plant base are the things that maybe, you know, you, you, you know you haven't had plant base with us, but if you're not, 
a plant-based eater or a vegan, try it. You'll like it. Because mm-hmm. me, I'm going to be honest with you, I hate coleslaw. Mm. Can't stand it. But I knew to have a southern restaurant, you have to have coleslaw. And I'm a cook, too. So I make coleslaw that I like. So coleslaw is a big hit at my restaurant. So I knew the key for plant-based is this. Plant-based and vegans love their food, and they love when somebody pays close attention. But the key is not just the plant-based eaters. If you can make food that's plant-based and vegan tastes just as good or better Mm -hmm. than regular food, now you have some. So I went to the lab and started working on ways to replace the taste of cheese and make it taste like real cheese. I just went crazy in it. And I created something that's a smash it. I can't wait to, to get to it because when I come back off this trip and I live in the D.C. metropolitan area, three weeks after I get home, the brand new Carolina kitchen, right, with plant-based options mm-hmm. get ready to open. Now, simultaneously, three months later, I have another Carolina kitchen. It's called Carolina Kitchen Sea and Soul. And that's a beautiful restaurant. It's a large restaurant. It has um, Southern cuisine together with seafood. Maryland is the place for the best seafood in the world, best crabs, et cetera. Of course, you can't get over on Southern cuisine or seafood in the D.C. metropolitan because everybody's from down south, so they know Southern cuisine, mm-hmm. and then Maryland crabs. So I coupled them together and made Carolina Kitchen Sea and Soul. I have a glass building connected to the building. I push a button, the roof opens up to the moon and the sun. Wow. Push another button, the glass doors on the sides open up, and the bar that's in the glass building goes into the restaurant. So you can be sitting in the restaurant, I could be sitting in the glass building, and say, hey, come on over. Let's read. Guess what? The National Restaurant News. Come on, come on to my side. Let's do that, right? So I have that and some other surprises. I put a fish market in with crushed ice. You can order fish to go. And you can also have express there. It's a beautiful sit-down. The one thing you're going to notice when you come to the Carolina Kitchen, I held back. That's probably to my fault. I like beautiful interiors, like Vegas type. Sure. So I go crazy with it. And people appreciate it. Especially, remember I told you change? What do everybody do now? Social media. Because mm-hmm. social media, people always want a place to take pictures of where they're at. So I made, especially with this new one, I made all kinds. The whole restaurant is a photo op. So good food, photo op, great service, good tasting food. I said, did I say good tasting food? Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> and Carolina Kitchen, uh, seeing so. Now, then I have my very first restaurant in Baltimore, Maryland. We get about three to four thousand people come all the way from Baltimore to Carolina Kitchen every week. Oh wow, it's the most amazing thing. I love Baltimore. I just I gotta say, if you're from Baltimore, we love you, <laughs> because for no reason at all, you jump in your car and drive an hour to come down to my restaurants, like it's across the street from your house. We love you, right? <laughs> With that being said, I've been trying to get in Baltimore for years. I finally got a spot. It'll be open in about six or seven months. Construction's getting ready to start, and that's going to be just good old fashioned Carolina Kitchen, but with a salad section, but the salads, it's kind of like these salad concepts you see, but it's Southern Cuisine all the way down, and they have a salad wall with the salad thing, and you can pick and pick the side. Sure. So I stuck that one in that one. And last but not least, I have the Carolina Kitchen Taste of Louisiana. 10,000 square feet of just nothing but feeling like you're in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I got a great architect, a divine, we designed an experience, but with the food, that's the key thing. The food has to be real. Food is incredible. Food is so amazing. If you come to the regular kitchen, you don't think your grandmother's back there cooking that food. 
And I swear to you, if you come to the CNSO, you're going to thank you out in the wharf somewhere. <laughs> it's just a great experience. I'm excited. I love the industry, and I've been blessed. And I got to say, this is the first time I've ever said it publicly. I want to be the very first African-American starting a concept and taking it around this country. One of the great things about being at this actual convention itself is being able to meet the people that have actually done it, who have some of the biggest brands in the country, but also trying to learn how to duplicate your concept on a national level, but yet keeping the food excellent, service excellent, you would make the whole experience excellent. And what I'm seeing and what I'm learning here is going to help that. But I know inch by inch, it's a cinch. I know I'm going to be able to do it. And that's my goal. First time I've said it publicly, but I mean it. And I said it because I mean it. And I mean it because I said it. <laughs> Carolina Kitchen is going to be a national chain. Get excited. Well, there we go. we got to hold you accountable since you say it on a podcast. That makes it real, right? Come on now. <laughs> got to say that because that's just how I feel. I'm passionate about it. And I truly believe it's going to happen. I truly, yeah. a dream is merely but a wish unless you write it down and start acting upon it. Mm. And I've constantly written over and over again, I want to be the first minority, if you will. It's been some, I met some here. Uh, I met the owner of Footworkers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's African-American, doing great things around the country. Uh, he's been to my restaurant, too. I was excited about it. He said, that's one of my favorite restaurants. I love Carolina because every time I come to D.C., I'm in all the locations. Mm. Great. And I'm proud of him. Very proud of them. But I wanted to take this concept and take it nationwide, and I think I'm getting real close to doing it. What's behind the sort of spinoff concepts? I mean, do you plan on just Carolina Kitchen being the one you scale, or are you going to scale all of these uh, spinoffs? That's a very good – that's smart. That's a good question. Um, I realized, remember I said one of my faults, and I'm going to be honest with you, I just like to give great build-outs, sometimes unnecessarily great <laughs> build-outs. I could probably – do some value engineering and scale it down a little bit and still make the same month. Mm-hmm. But I just like nice build-outs, right? <laughs> so I think what I'm going to, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Carolina Kitchen Express because I can pop them open quicker. I can pop them up for less money mm-hmm. and do some crazy, stupid, amazing, supersonic, expialidocious numbers. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. That's the one I think I'm going to go boom, boom, boom. But eventually... All of them. You with me? So all of them. I even have a Mexican content. I'm not going to share it with you because it's a secret, but I have a Mexican. Okay. Can you imagine? Southern cuisine and Mexican together? Come on now. Like Who's Tex-Mex? Soul-Mex. Soul-Mex. Get okay. excited. <laughs> Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. I'm ready for the Soul-Mex. <laughs> and I think that I'm pretty confident that I'm, I'm going to have it. I got it. I've already worked on the recipes and, and the conceptual idea of what I'm going to do. I know it's going to work, but I want to orchestrate a repertoire of Carolina Kitchen brand, but different types. Okay. You know, that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, last question for you, Lance. You know, uh, it seems to me like you had some people who invested in you when you were young. That woman who gave you the money to open your kitchen or your restaurant. We're learning a lot here, too, about how, as leaders, we can invest in, you know, the rising generation. I'm, telling, I'm curious what that means for you. What does that look like? Well, I tell you. I truly believe, and my father always told me, through helping other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And I constantly teach and share, and I say this all the time, not my employees, but my associates and my teammates. Because you don't work for me if you work 
with the corporation. You don't, you don't work for me. I work for you. I work to show you that this can be done. I work to show you that you better become big, bigger and better than me. I work to show you and keep the lights on and pay you every day. So, no, I work for you. But at the same time, I expect you to take what it is that I teach and share with you to help, I just say, impact your life so much that you're going to do something great. And if you end up staying with me, great. But if you don't, take what it is that I've shown you through working together as a team and become a productive part of society and do something great in the world. So I truly believe through helping others, I do all kinds of giving back to the community. I feed thousands of people every Christmas and Thanksgiving. I do a big Christmas party. I raise all types of toys for underprivileged kids at, at uh, Children's Hospital, uh, uh, homeless shelters, Ronald McDonald's house. I do all this every year because it's not possible unless you give back. Mm. So having a mentor, if you will, everybody needs a mentor. So if you're out here right now and you're watching this podcast, remember, Everyone needs a mentor. If you don't have one, you want to find one because they're going to show you not the fast way. It's not no get rich quick business. This is get rich slow. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hard work. It's going to be some setbacks. But remember, a setback is just a setup for a comeback. When we still don't allow that to affect your focus, don't allow that to affect what it is that you set in your mind that you want to do. Just take your time, and success will come your way. You with me? Yeah. In time. I'm going to end it by saying this. Once, maybe twice in a lifetime, an opportunity comes along that can change your entire life. If you're over 30 years of age, most likely the first opportunity is already surpassed you. But the million-dollar question is, will you know it? Will you see it? God Mm -hmm. bless you. And we'll see them at the top. There you go. That's great. Lance London of Carolina Kitchen. Appreciate it.